Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, July 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Stephen Jr., and today we pulled the pool. The pool today was the pool. The pool was the pool. And like the pool, my thoughts on the song are hard to pin down. They're a little elusive. The first day that I was, I pulled this a couple days ago, and the first day I was going to do this, I kept trying to figure out what the pool meant to me, and I was singing it to myself in my head. And as I sat down to really, like, nail something down, I realized all day long I'd been singing Song for Eric. I wait all day. I thought I was singing the pool. So <laughs> this is how this is how elusive this song can be. I love the pool. Don't get me wrong. I think the pool is a very important step in her early career. It immediately showed you that anything was on the table, that she was a very different kind of artist. This in tandem with Little Earthquakes, in tandem with the Crucify EP and all the covers, it just showed you that she there was very little she could not do in the singer-songwriter sphere, that she was a master of the singer-songwriter vertical. And so fate has found us here. This is fate that brought us together. The pool brought us together here today. I woke up last night, or this morning, it's Thursday night. I woke up Thursday morning and... I said the phrase to myself, Latina Playground. And it was as if I woke up with this, I woke up with this, I've been thinking a lot about this collaboratorio I went to in Portland last week, um, maybe two weeks ago now, maybe last week, Uh, 40 directors and designers, Latinx directors and designers, reimagining collaboration. And I thought like, I want to create some sort of producing company. So I want to make theater again. I want to make theater all of the time. And how do I do that with my beautiful Latine director and designer friends? How do I do that? And that's been swimming in my mind a lot lately. So when I woke up this morning, a thing that I was left with like a transmission from the other world was the phrase Latine playground. And I looked it up and it doesn't exist anywhere. So that I guess is the name of my theater company. That is the name of something that will come into fruition at a later date. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But it's a phrase that was gifted to me. Also, I was gifted a phrase in a dream while I was on the European tour, Blissful Urbana. And I looked up the phrase and it didn't exist anywhere. Blissful Urbana. And so I immediately texted my friend Maggie and I said, we need to open a coffee shop, like a cool coffee shop, you know, and call it Blissful Urbana. Because that was the phrase that came to me in a dream right when I woke up, Blissful Urbana. And then also now Latina Playground. I trust that these things are coming to me for a reason. I don't often, I mean, I do remember my dreams. I have a, I don't often have the experience where I don't remember anything, but a phrase like comes to me. But the pool is sort of a dreamscape, right? And you can't quite pin down what's happening. And there are many, many interpretations to it. And it's just a nug, it's like a brief glimpse into the subconscious of this character and how dreams are so elusive and you can't remember your dreams due to neurochemical transmitters in your brain firing differently while you sleep. And then that, that those chemicals sort of dissipate, I guess, when you wake up. And so it just changes the nature of the memory. You know what I mean, where you have the sense that you can remember something and then two minutes go by and you cannot remember it at all. 
um, and you're like, oh, I have a stream, and you can't remember a thing. So with that being said, I do have something to talk about. I'm not sure if it's what the bag wants to talk about. I'm trying to think like what, why we pulled the pool, why the, why the pool was the pool. And all I can think of is that these nuggets that you are gifted sometimes, whether in your waking life or in your daily life, it's not up to you necessarily. It's not up to us to understand them, why they have been gifted into our lives or what exactly is happening, but to enjoy the moment not question it. It's sometimes better when you don't question it, when you just sort of experience it, babe. It can be good not to question it and let yourself swim in the feeling or swim in the moment. I think that's what the bag is maybe trying to say today. But I do have a history of poor sleep habits. I just have so much going on. I never prioritize sleep. And I wonder what would happen if I spent one month, one month prioritizing eight hours of sleep. I don't even know if I could sleep for eight hours. I'm so used to sleeping three to five hours at a time. I don't know if I could sleep for eight hours at a time on a regular basis for like a month. I could do it for like a night, maybe catch up on some sleep, even though that's a myth. You can't really catch up on sleep, but I don't know if I could do it consistently. And I, and then, but I bet I could, and I'm afraid. I'm afraid of finding out if I can, because if I can, then what have I been doing to myself? Then I have to take responsibility that I've been doing it. I've always said that my body just doesn't need it, or that I sleep exactly when I'm tired and I don't sleep when I'm not tired, which is not entirely the case, but generally true. And I rely on the dream dimension. I rely on the dream dimension a lot to prevent, like, you know, I have sleep paralysis. I used to much more than I do now, although I've been gaining a touch of weight, <laughs> preparing you for when you see me on tour. Um, I've been gaining a little bit of weight, so my sleep paralysis is coming back a little bit. But you know what? I don't care. I don't care. It's just so hot. I'm not going to exercise in the heat. I can't do it. The point is, I can't do it. So there's got to be a level of mystery. There's got to be a level to your dreams or your waking dreams or, or the fate that your life traverses, the journey that your life takes. There's got to be a bit of mystery in it. You're not always going to understand what brought you to this location, to this moment in time. You're not always going to understand that, but you can sit back and enjoy the ride, right? And that's what I hope to do. I'm going on tour this weekend. I leave for Denver on Sunday morning. I cannot even believe it. I truly cannot believe it. Um, yeah, I leave for Denver very, sh very shortly. And then I'm there and I'm going to just try to enjoy it. I know not the reasons that I am in this community have found myself here amongst these people. For the most part, a wonderful thing. People I know very well. People I'm just starting to get to know. Very excited to see everybody. And I know not what brought us together, what fate brought us together. I can say the music, right? I can say the music brought us together. But that's not also entirely true. The music brought us together, for sure. We were all interested in the same music. But what about me? What about me is compelling me to the road? I don't live in Denver. I don't live in Mesa. I don't live in Albuquerque. What is compelling me there? And... What is compelling others there? And what is, more importantly, what is not compelling others there? What is compelling others to not be there? So it's not just the music. If it were just the music, then everybody who loves, if I'd have to believe that if it were just the music, everybody who loves the music would be out there. But that's not true. There is another level to it. And that is what I want to get at 
in my new documentary. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but it, w- it would be interesting to find out. It is fate that brought us together, isn't it? And as I go through this mini tour, I'm just going to question everything. I, like, I question the pool. Like, I question the pool. Is this why fate brought us together? When we get to the Waffle House and I have an excellent meal, as I'm sure I will, you know, covered capped in, I don't even remember my, my hash brown order because I don't eat cheese anymore. Smothered, covered, and capped. That's what it was. But now, I could, now it's just going to be covered and capped, which is onions and mushrooms. Covered and capped. And when it's delicious, am I going to turn to my friends and say, is this why fate brought us together? So that we could enjoy this meal together? Is this why fate brought us together? I want to get to the bottom of it. I sit here every morning, or night in this case. I'm trying to create an illusion. I sit here every morning at 3 a.m. looking in this direction. And in my line of sight, I never talked about this. In my line of sight, I'm very... I'm. I like to be organized. I try to be organized and I'm very organized. One thing I'm very organized about, not my entire life. One thing I'm very organized about though are my Sharpies. And I have two little cups of Sharpies, one for my all black Sharpies. And it, you know, it's not entirely full. So I also have highlighters in there, but like highlighters, not any other marker, just highlighters. So it's black Sharpies and highlighters. And then in my other cup of Sharpies is all the other colored Sharpies, including Erin says meows, Tori inspired Sharpies from last year that she gave me. Then I purchased a Sharpie collection. So it's like 30 different colors of Sharpie and they're sitting there. And then I have another pack of markers that is also just a rainbow of markers, fine tipped, fine tipped markers. And I sit and I have no idea what I'm going to do. I I see no less than 50 Sharpies in my view. It's like, I I have no idea what I'm going to do with all these Sharpies. I don't know, but I still like seeing them. It brings a little joy into my life and I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to question it. I don't know. When I was 22 years old, I had moved to Las Vegas and my birthday, it was my first birthday uh, after being 21. And they say, I've talked, you know, it's been years since this happened. And over the years, I've confirmed this with many people, but that the 22 year old birthday is like the worst birthday. It's like you've worked your whole life to be 18, then you've worked the next three years to be 21, and then what do you have to look forward to? No one's really excited about renting a car. Like, it's not the same level. So on my 22nd birthday, I was working at a record store called Odyssey Records, and I was loving my life. Kind of. I was sort of loving my life. I had moved to Vegas to become rich. I had decided I was going to get rich, and I moved to Vegas, but then... I didn't know how to get rich. Like I didn't even try the tried and true methods. And I could have made a lot of money like working in a casino, being a janitor, being like whatever. But I wanted to work. I wanted to be where the people are. And so I, I, and they are in a casino. Yes. I wanted to be where that cool people are. So I moved, I went to a record store and I applied to this record store, by the way, this is a great story. In my opinion, I applied to this record store and was hired basically instantly after my interview by this guy named Marcus. So I worked there for a long time and I loved that job. And on my 22nd birthday, I was, you know, it was my birthday. And of course the people at work were like, happy birthday. You know, maybe there was a cake. I don't even remember. Maybe there were cupcakes. Maybe I don't remember truly because what I do remember is that, and I'm sure it was an oversight, but neither of my parents called me on that day and I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying it was a very sobering reality to turn 22 and have neither of your parents call you. 
Maybe they did, and I wasn't home to pick it up. I didn't have a cell phone. Maybe they did. And I've got to learn that not everything is what it seems, like the pool. That's what the pool's telling me. But it set off this period of my life where I felt like I had, A, abandoned my family, and then been abandoned by my family. And so I remember and I recall right around that same time period, I had the my worst dream that I've ever had in my life. And it's still, I'm not going to go into detail, but it still sits so vividly with me. Um, all of these years later, it was the first time I ever dreamed, in particular, this violently. And it took me a minute to understand that I felt that the reason like the symbology in this dream. And I bought this book. I actually still have this book and I just cataloged all my books. So um, it's called the, ooh, let me pull up my media spreadsheet. You know, because I did it right. I did it all in a spreadsheet. If you want a Google link to my spreadsheet, just let me know. It's got a Goodreads link for every book on there. And I have it categorized in between fiction and nonfiction. And nonfiction is subcategorized into biographies, religion and philosophy, feminism, agriculture, business, cookbooks, etc. Whereas fiction is categorized into novels, novellas, again, poetry, short stories, graphic novels, etc. So I have this all on a spreadsheet, all, every book. Anyway, so now I can just tell you what the book is. And it is a book called The Complete Dictionary of Symbols by Jack Tresider. I bought this I think a couple years after that, because this dream was haunting me so much. And before I took matters into my own hands, it just kind of haunted me. But then I bought this book or I was so fascinated. This I think this book came when I was working at um, Hastings and I bought this book so that I could sort of get to the bottom of what this dream meant. And I realized that some of the symbols in this dream were me feeling like I'd abandoned my family. I don't feel that way anymore. Do I? Maybe I do. I don't know. I'm just telling you dreams that have stuck with me over the years, like the pool. A fever dream is when she played the pool in 2017, and I stood up, as we all know, I stood up, did a full 360 screaming, it's the pool! And I was in the front row, but I was in the front row right, and I leaned forward, I sat back down, and I leaned forward, and Shaggy and Peter who were front row center right. They were like on the aisle on the center. So we were pretty close to each other, like leaned forward and caught my eye. And I leaned forward and caught their eye. And we were just like, it's the pool. We could not believe it. What a good time that was. That was a fever dream. And another dream that I've had in my life that I remember that I'm compelled to speak of is when I was, this was like 05, 06, 07. And I was really battling sleep paralysis in a really, really bad way. And this was before I started watching a lot of YouTube videos or videos on how to combat it. My friend Michael actually um, worked on a documentary about sleep paralysis as a sound guy. But before I had really dived into how to deal with it or how to live with it, it was really plaguing me. It was really affecting me. It was really affecting my quality of sleep, my desire to sleep. And um, now I know that if and, and what works for me, I'm not saying this works for everybody, but if I wake up paralyzed, if I'm like in a bout of sleep paralysis, it takes a moment, but I'm able to tell myself that it's just sleep paralysis and I can, instead of fighting it, 
to like come out of it. I can just go back the other way, just like succumb to it and go back to bed. <laughs> so it's like instead of push, like it's the panic that really makes it the hard or worse. So instead of panicking or even thinking about it, I just kind of go back to bed. And if I need to get up, if it's like especially triggering, I will move only my pinkies, my pinky fingers or my pinky toes and just really focus the energy on that. Because once one of those gets real, you know, once you get your pinky finger going, then, you know, your whole body comes to life. Um, you know, once you get with that pinky finger work in, you can really awaken an entire body. Um, but at what cost? But at what cost? So... A dream that sticks with me is that when I was going through that time in my life, realizing I lived in a studio apartment, when I was realizing that it was, I had the weird, I had this friend, I used to have a friend, he was a very close friend for a very long time, and we were very close at this time, and he, while I was in a bout of sleep paralysis, I would see, you know, of course you could see demons and things, or just have this vague sense of like a presence or a fear, you know, like a nefarious spirit around. But in this instance, it was Ryan. And Ryan, I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. And he walked into my house. None of this is real. None of this happened. But it was very real in the moment. He walked into my home. He had brought a burrito from K Rico, which is this restaurant we used to go to all the time. He brought a burrito from K Rico. And he sat down on the floor in my living room leaned against the couch and just started eating this burrito. And I was like, well, I think like the worst part about it was that it was a wet burrito. These things in California, those are disgusting. They're called wet burritos. Do you know what a wet burrito is? It's like a perfectly good burrito that you pour sauce on. And now your tortilla is like gummy. And now I just want to die. So he was eating this wet burrito. And that was like the worst thing about it. And I'm like, well, this isn't so bad. I can go back to bed. It's just Ryan. And I know that if any sleep demons come or any, because you don't, at the time I didn't realize there were sleep demons. They really felt like really people like breaking into my house. So Ryan sitting there eating this burrito, he sort of acted like a soul bodyguard. And I was able to feel like, okay, well, if any of these demons come, Ryan can handle it. He's just here eating a burrito. So I can go back to bed. And that was a real significant turning point in my sleep paralysis. And that was when I realized how to just go back to bed. Just go the other side. You know, we always want to fight. We always want to just start drama, don't we? We all want to start conflict. No, that's not true. Um, Anyway, I don't know. Dreams last so long, even after you're gone. So it's interesting that we can't remember them all the time or that they're like a haze. I'm trying to think of other significant dreams I've had in my life, but I'd love to hear your significant dreams. If you have any you want to share with me, you can message me on Instagram, Twitter, threads, my own personal Instagram. Um, And like a fever dream, I'll be on the road soon. Be that as it may, still may it be as it may be. And thus, just like in my dream, it has come to this. But at what cost? I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'm still over here. I'm still over there on tour all night. Hey, do me a favor. If you haven't yet, if you're a new listener, or even if you're an old listener, you still have it. Please rate our shows on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. Especially tour all night, tour all night, and never shut up. Give them five star ratings if you don't mind. That would be very well appreciated. And for that, I have a wonderful 
fuck around Friday. Recently on Tour All Night, I said one word songs only, Queens. And and now I'm putting my mouth um, I'm putting my mouth on my money. I'm putting my money where my mouth is, just like that. Be that as it may and may as it be. This is our Fuck Around Friday with only one word song titles. I hope you enjoy. Have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye.
So, um, as always, it's heaven coming here. <laughs> and um, some of you know two of my favorite people in the world. This is John Evans on bass. <laughs> and this peach is Matt Chamberlain. <laughs>
So I used to, um, I used to listen to this song on Stand By the Stereo, like this. So she doesn't come out much, but she's coming. Try not to help me 
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.